You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Ladies and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy, the All American, thirty-five, and it's the non-All American, Dan. Dapper Dan, the thirty-five. How are you boys feeling in these Corona streets? Uh well, you know, I still got my job, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's a blessing. Right that's, that's a blessing, blessing right now, bro. Man, uh, the company Exact Tech, huge company um, out here in Gainesville, uh, Exact Tech Arena. Um, I think they laid off like sixty-three people today. Ooh, so your art off? Yeah, yeah. Uh, exact. A lot of jobs are laying people off right now. So. Oh, definitely, man. Um, that's unfortunate as hell, man. Uh, Dan, everything good in your front? How's uh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything, everything's good here. Uh, Tampa, St. Pete, uh, all in, all in good shape right now. Uh, most people are are working from home these days. Uh, everybody seems to do a pretty good job of uh, trying to self quarantine themselves as much as they can. Uh, you know, so you see some people getting out, trying to get some fresh air, stuff like that. But you know, uh, whenever I've had to drive somewhere, you know, the streets are are definitely noticeably empty. So that's good. You know, hopefully it's uh, it's one of those situations where we can uh, we can get through it. You know, make some small term sacrifices for some uh, some long term gains. But uh, all in all, things are going well here in Tampa. Getting a little cabin fever, but but that's all right. It sounds good, man. Uh, I'm doing the same thing, man. Just spending a little time with the kids, um, keeping them busy, keeping myself busy. Audio books, podcast, you know, you know how it go, man. Trying to not overindulge in all this news. There's a lot of it out there, man. But um, got caught up in some Netflix. Little, little love is blind. Mm. That's yeah, I, 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 look, I, th- I thought I was a fruit for watching it until I started talking to my partners and y'all and y'all watched it too. So yeah, then um, Amar hit me up out the blue. It's like, yo, you ever see? You gotta check out this uh this love is blind, yeah. like, bro. We done finished it. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> wife ran through the whole season in about three days, man. It was really real I fast. Like real I, dope I, show. I, I, I want to tell you something new. I'm, I'm I'm behind myself. Yeah, it's a guilty pleasure. You got to find out other cats like it before you just put it out there like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that that's like the craziest thing is that there's a lot of people that closet watched it, afraid to tell everybody that they watched it, yeah. and then all of a sudden there were some people talking about it in my office before we shut it down a couple weeks ago, and so people are talking. You can tell some people are looking around like they wanted to give some of their opinions on the show, uh, but they wanted to look around to see if anybody else, any of their other boys <laughs> or friends in the office had uh, had watched it too, and then all of a sudden the whole, you know, practically half the office is divulging into, you know, characters, rising, falling, action, all this stuff. There you, I mean, you become you just become invested in these people's lives. Uh, if you yeah. are a listener, if you're a listener, and you watch Love Is Blind, please tweet me tomorrow your favorite part. Please, I want I want to have a we got to have a conversation about this. I got too many favorite parts, but it's so much awkwardness, like entertaining awkwardness in this show. You know, especially <laughs> after like they've chosen and then now they run into each other, and they having little parties together and whatnot. Man, it's you know, a dope show. I don't want to I want to spoilers out there to the people that ain't seen it, yeah. but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire show. Um, it's like I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Vanderpump Rules, and I don't usually tell people that it's kind of embarrassing, but it's like one of those shows. Guilty, guilty man pleasure, bro. 
Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I think in quarantine life, there's any any pleasure or guilty pleasures. All right. Yeah, man. Ain't there no TV, bro. We got to talk about Vanderpump Rules and Love is Blind now. Yeah, we got yeah, to. Stay, stay yeah. tuned for next week. <laughs> 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 we got a little bit of NCAA. We got a uh, few updates. Uh, people still making yeah. polls, right, Dan? Yeah, NCAA.com released their top 25 preseason top 25, which is like a very unofficial thing. But they put Florida as number 10 overall, uh, which I think is probably a pretty good spot for Florida. Uh, I think that they could certainly move up, you know, quite a bit depending on how everything goes. But, uh, you know, I, w- I would put Florida right there on number 10. You guys higher, lower? What do you guys think? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind being at 10, but I think we're yeah. going to finish way higher. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just worried about starting really, really high. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Kind of, you know, it, I, I'd rather start at 10. Kind of see where we at. Float, float a little bit. We're still in the top 10, but, you know. Feel a little disrespected. I like, you know, give me a little chip put on my shoulder. My, my first question with the damn was going to be who in front of us, you know, because I got to see. What, what type of list in front of you, Dan? You got the list, Dan? Yeah, I might have got the, uh, the list pulled up right here, and I was wrong. Florida's number nine. I apologize. So uh, just ahead of Florida at number eight is Penn State. Uh, it seems a little high to me, um, but they then ahead us. of them, they tried, them they tried us. I like being I don't like being ranked too high, but I don't like being disrespected. They, they kind of tried yeah, us. Try Penn State, Penn State. Come on, bro, they do that every year with that shit, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that one. This is another one that I know that they're talented. I know that they've got a good coach, but they're going to be, you know, replacing a lot. That's Oklahoma uh, at number seven. And then Oregon, number six, who's replacing their starting quarterback for the last four years. And then Georgia, number five, LSU, number four, Alabama, number three, Ohio State, two, and then Clemson, one. So I agree with probably the top three with Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson going three, two, one. After that, Mm -hmm. I think that you could have moved any of those teams around to be the top nine. I agree. Um I think LSU's uh, ranking is largely based on last year. Mm-hmm. You just can't, they can't just be disrespectful and drop them too far, but they're replacing coordinators, a lot of coaches, starting quarterback who won the Heisman. Uh, this year, I think it's wide open uh, as far as who can make the playoffs. I think you probably can lock uh, Clemson and Ohio State in as, as two spots, but those other two spots, I think, are, are like wide open. Yeah. You know you know what type of schedule they're going to have. They're going to beat up on all the opponents. Yeah, Ohio way. State and Clemson should slide yeah, they, in. Clemson gonna beat up everyone, everybody all the way into the to the final four. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely wide open, man. What, one thing we always talk about is you know we got to win the game in Jacksonville um, to get to Atlanta. So um, absolutely, everything run, runs through Jacksonville. We beat, we beat Georgia and Jacksonville this year. We there. Yeah, I think Florida's got a really favorable schedule to be able to finish the season top. Yeah, you know, top up. six. Yeah, so, I mean, that Georgia game is is obviously a, a big one, one that's circled. Uh, they're going to be starting a new quarterback this year who has a lot of question marks and who's not going to be able to to mold himself into that offense. And he's a very different type of, of quarterback, uh, Jamie Newman is, than what they've been used to with Jake Fromm and uh, Eason before that with uh, under Kirby Smart. So uh, them not having this time to work out, I think, could really hinder them. LSU's replacing a lot um, on offense. Obviously, you know, Ed Orgeron has recruited well, and they're going to continue to have a, a pretty good team. But Oregon's got a bunch of question marks. Oklahoma's going to start a new quarterback this year. And then Penn State has a lot of question marks, too. So, you know, if Florida would have been ranked number five here, I would have said that 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 could be right um but also ranked number nine i'm like well i mean that's not a a, a terrible you know spot to start either so you know florida does have some question marks as well so yeah i agree um 
I like where we stand at. I think we have some question marks that we got to answer. Um, I think Georgia's in a spot where we, we spoke about this in the past. Teams that are, are reloading at the quarterback position or changing offensive coordinators, which they're doing both. I think they put it at a disadvantage with, all, with everything that's going on right now. I pray, I pray to God football comes back because the cards are just stacked in our favor uh, big time this year. Uh, there's no excuse not to win the East. Uh, one of the things that 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 was proposed um, by UNC's coach Matt Brown was a uh, ten days in the summer to get these guys uh, so kind of like a little pro camp, um, like a little mini camp type thing. He proposed that with the NCAA. I think that would be dope. I don't, as we can see, spring football is not going to happen. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we're in this shape in the summertime where they could give these guys a little early summer mini break where they could just work on, on on ball and get together with the team legally and work on some things with the coaches and the whole staff. I think that would be favorable for them. Um, I would love for something like that to be non-contact and not very physical uh, because it's so close to, to fall camp. But I think that's something yeah. real. So we'll see how it all plays out. I think it's almost necessary to get these guys back in, in football shape because, you know, as hard as these guys are going to work out on their own, it's just not the same. So I think that you need that. And I think a big part of that, it's actually going to be player safety more than anything. Yeah, definitely, definitely. A lot of staying off the ground, a lot of, you know, uh, through the motions, but at the same time, you know, kind of kind of picking up your step, not full speed, obviously. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, too close to the season. But you need some you need, you need some work, you know. And the only, only way to get in football shape is to play football, you know, regardless of how much many sprints you do, how much you can bench press or whatever, you you know, you think you possibly can say to, to kind of get you in shape for football. The only thing that can really get you in football shape is football. Now, the city of Gainesville is officially on lockdown, right, or on stay-home orders or something to that Yeah, they're, they're in shelter in place. Uh, so, which means it doesn't change a lot of what's going on over there. It just means that all non-essential businesses have to shut down. Uh, but their list of essential businesses is pretty long, so. Very good. Um, the more things but that does mean, better that does mean my in players most places. not getting this shit. That means a lot of places, though, like a lot of gyms and stuff like that are going to be closed down, too, so. Like that's that's where it's going to be a real challenge. And, and you feel for, you know, folks that are, you know, a little bit, you know, maybe underprivileged or don't have the ability to to buy weights and have squat racks and to do everything else, uh, because the amount of weights that these guys are used to lifting aren't something that you can just get off Craigslist for, you know, 50 bucks. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, it's it's a huge disadvantage. And that's why you almost need that that's uh, that summertime um you know, way of getting back into football shape because uh, a lot of these guys are going to be really struggling trying to figure out a way for them to uh, to be able to to get your know, stay in at least moderately decent shape. Yeah, I'd like to find out if the team is still um, is their gym or the facilities locked down as well. Oh, you have all together. Everything's locked down. Yeah, I think yeah all the facilities on campus are locked down. The coaches are quarantined. Most of them aren't on campus. Yeah, this is going to make an interesting offseason. From a yeah. lot of standpoints, um, a discipline standpoint, because now mm-hmm. you kind of lose with everything that Nick Savage does. Uh, you take that element away from him. So hopefully these guys stay disciplined to keep themselves in some type of physical shape. Um, and hopefully we can at least open the campus up soon. We'll see, man. Everything's being played by as it go. I mean, we're in, un- we're in uncharted waters, man. Nobody knows what's going to happen next, man. But we're going to line up a dope show today. <laughs> we got Absolutely. some dope guests. We're going to yeah, start sure. it off with a legend. Hey, Legend. Uh, before we get the Legend on, this episode is brought to you by Brun Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, holler at my man Greg, 
888-222-0204. Big coverage. Uh, auto, home, life. Hit my man Greg up. Again, that number is 954-589-2204. Let's get my man C.I. on here. Let's hang out and do some Gator Legendary stuff. Yay. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is one of my favorite all-time uh, Florida Gator tight ends. Uh, from hailing from Hawthorne, Florida, uh, is Corn- Cornelius Ingram, uh, dual sport athlete at the University of Florida. CI, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Awesome, man. Awesome. So, CI, we, we really start every interview that we have with this question. I know, obviously, you're from oh. Hawthorne, so so right in, in UF's backyard. But how did you ultimately end up deciding to play um, you know, both basketball and football at the University of Florida? For for me, my 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 story uh, is a little different from everybody else. Um, you know, I was able to play you know varsity sports um, as a as a seventh and eighth grader um, here at Hawthorne because we're middle school through high school. So uh, my recruitment process started a little earlier than than, than most most kids. Um, but I knew it was a certain decision I had to make. Uh, there was every college coach that you that you can think of um, that came to Hawthorne to recruit me football and basketball, and um, my dad was a diehard Gator fan. Uh, my mom was kind of just you know whatever, you know. My 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 older brother was a Florida State fan, so uh, in particular there was there was a couple times where you know Bobby Bowden and the entire coaching staff from Florida State would come down to the school, to my parents' house or even some of these other coaches outside of the University of Florida. And my dad would always stay in the room. My older brother would come out and entertain. Of course, my mom will, you know, make sure, you know, everyone is fed and she showed great, great hospitality. I'm talking about phenomenal, but my dad always stayed in the room. So, you know, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, every time a college coach comes, you know, if they're not affiliated with the University of Florida, my dad, he won't come out. Well, listen, at that time, of course, Ron Zook was the head coach at UF, and Billy Donovan, of course, was the basketball coach. Whenever they would come home, come to a home visit, an in-home visit, uh, my dad would have a barbecue. I mean, for the entire town. So, like, right then and there, I kind of knew I had to go to the University of Florida. My dad probably, I don't think he would talk to me uh, (laughs) if I didn't make that decision. So, that that's kind of how all that came about. You know, I was a Gator fan. Um, yeah. I I I, I like Florida State. I can't lie. I like Florida State at that time. Um, uh, so you know, it basically came between those schools, those two schools, and of course, I made my decision and the right decision to uh, go to UF. Your pops' so- dad goes, bro. yeah yeah give him a a thank you for me um so how did you so obviously you were multi-talented and highly recruited in both Uh basketball and football what made you decide to pick football over basketball or or how tough was that decision being recruited by both billy donovan and ron (laughs) zero it was it was a tough decision um after the fact once i got there because like i said you know coach look was the coach at that time i reasserted uh, my freshman year in football, and I, of course, played on the basketball team. So we were actually in the NCAA tournament, um, and they end up firing runs up. Coach Meyer uh, comes in. 
And I think we were on the road. Yeah, we were on the road in the NCAA tournament. We probably had a game like the next day. I get a phone call from, from Urban Meyer. He was like, hey, I heard you're one of the best athletes on campus. You know, I want you to be – I want you to, you know, play this quarterback position. I know you can kind of run. You can throw. You know, you fit that mold. And then, you know, other quarterbacks came in, and my, my quarterback days were over with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so but, but it was it – was, you know, so, you know, at that time, you know, I, I did some soul searching. You know, I was 6'4", six, 6'5", six, you know, 210, 215 at that time. I, I felt like, you know, I had a I had the perfect body for, you know, the quarterback position. And, and and not that, you know, I just completely gave up on basketball. I was just thinking about my future. So, you know, I was like, you know, this would be tough to do for, you know, the next three or four years. Um and, you know, especially if I if if I really wanna focus in on the sport, I think, you know, I can probably play professional ball um at uh, I I'll focus on I'll focus on football. So, you know, that had a lot to do with my decision. I, I do regret it because after that, uh we won two national championships in basketball uh, after yeah. the, the years I didn't play. But 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 my freshman year we won an SEC championship. So I kinda got, you know, glimpse of, of, of greatness and, and being in that recruiting class with, you know, of course Corey Brewer, Al yeah. Horford, you know, Joe Kim, Noah, all those guys. Um you know, but but I, I, I think, you know, throughout everything, um, things still worked out for me. Absolutely. I love it. So I wanted to ask you, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about football, but I wanted to ask you, what was it like yep. to play on that team with Joe Kim Noah and Corey Brewer? And did you see, you know, and when they were freshmen, obviously, you know, some of them were highly regarded and recruited well, but for the most mm-hmm. part, yep. you know, yep. nobody really expected them to be a team that would kind of come together and win a national championship. When you guys were practicing and, you know, when you guys were all freshmen, did you see yep. the potential in those guys? Definitely seeing the potential. Um, you know, on the court, I mean, they were second to none. Um, I think, I think you know, just my personal opinion, I felt like they were probably the top guys at their position um, as freshmen. And t- to be honest, and and I think what separated them, the relationship they had off the court was second to none. I'm talking about these guys really hung out together. They taught basketball 24/7. Um, they walked the class together and, and you can tell that they had a, a, a real relationship where, you know, how it is, man, if you, if you trust guys off the floor, um, on, on, on the floor is, it's, it's even easier and, and guys are really fight for, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of guys you have in the locker room. So they, they created that, that brotherhood off the floor where they made things a lot easier once they got on the floor. Now, what was it like to, uh, I guess it's probably my last basketball question. What was it like to to be coached by Billy Donovan? What was his coaching style? Um, was it what he recruited you? You know what he told you yep, it'd be like. Yep, was it different? Yep, I mean, yep, what, yep. what was what was that experience like? Well, you know, for for once, um, I think um, as an eighth grader, I, I received a personal letter from from for, from Billy Donovan. Um, so uh, as an eighth grader, so that kind of just stuck out to me. Uh, throughout my entire recruitment process, of course, I was in the backyard. I would always go to his to his basketball camp during the summer, you know, as a as a sixth grader, you know. So and then, you know, now I'm on varsity and I'm a starter as an eighth grader, 
And, you know, I think I averaged almost 16 to 17 points as an eighth grader. So I, I was starting to get some recognition. He was the first person to kind of reach out to me and show interest. And I'll be honest, I kind of fell in love with it. And, you know, once I got to UF, you know, it's it's so hard to come into a place um, as as the main ball player. And we, we have, we, you know, it happens all the time, football, basketball, all these sports, guys come out of high school, you know, averaging 40 points. And now you're on the college level where they already have this this guy who's a, who's the established scorer. You know, and this other guy, he's the main rebounder. And uh, I know for me, my role was to be more of a defensive player, but I was trying to be so selfish to prove to Coach Donovan that, you know, I could score to, you know, I don't want to say bad shots, but sometimes when I would get in the game, I'm like, well, I got to shoot it. I got to let it, I got to let this one go to show Coach, hey, that I can still score. And, and there were times where, I would make a, a jump shot and he would take me out. And, 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 and I didn't understand at that time, you know, exactly what was, what was going on because he basically told the same thing to, you know, some of the other guys who were probably higher recruited than me in basketball, like Torian Green, you know, like Al Horford. So our, our main job at that time was not to score. Um, you know, it was to you know, play defense, rebound. Of course, you get an open shot you know, shoot the ball, but I was just being selfish. And, and, and to this day, like, like Billy Donovan means so much to me because we've had a relationship, you know, as a 13 year old, you know, so, so, so it, it, it was fun to watch um, him get the, the, the court named after him. He's probably one of the most competitive guys I've ever been around. And of course, with me coaching, you know, girls basketball now, some of the sets that I've learned in college from Billy Donovan, I run with my girls. So I've had a lot of success um, through Billy Donovan, and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> so, so, so Billy D need to send you a check in the mail. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, I'll take it. Back. <laughs> I, I, I'll definitely take it. But, 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 <laughs> great, great coach, man. Great coach. I learned, I learned a lot from 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 Billy D. And um, you know he'll he'll continue to be successful. He's a great guy. So see, I talk about uh, when you first got on campus. Let me go flip the standing football uh-huh. a little bit. Um, let's talk about when you first got on campus. I know for me, when I was a young guy and came on campus, uh, you were one of the one of the older guys that had been around the program a little bit, yep. who kind of knew yep. you know what it was going on. Um, but it, you know, as you you know you know you was there. It was kind of rough for me when I was yep. a freshman. You it was, saying? yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was just very rough. So talk about how how your your freshman year went and and what kind of guys you had there to uh, uh, for you to look up to. Well, you know, for for me, I you know being the local guy, I was kind of familiar with 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 the names of you know all of the players on the team. So I think that helped me out a lot. But you know, coming from a smaller program. I was a little intimidated by some of these other guys coming from bigger programs because there was still certain resources, you know, I didn't have, there were certain coaches, um, as far as individual work I didn't have. So I went to the university of Florida as a raw athlete. Um, so, so I was, I I can remember my, I, I swear I was so scared to walk into the weight room, uh, the very first day of our workouts because, I never really lift weights. And then, I mean, there's pictures of me coming out of high school, and I had a pretty good frame, and it, it looked like I lift weights, right, right, but right, I right. never lift weights. 
I never lift weights, so I was kind of intimidated. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, with, with some of the guys who were in my recruiting class, um, that you know they were they they were beefed up, or or they were used to working out. And one thirty-five, oh man, I'm telling you, I struggled to get it one time. Uh, our first day of workouts, and right then and there, I knew I had to change my my mindset. I had to change oh. everything that I wanted to do in order to be to be successful. And I think, you know, Vernell Vernell Brown was a was a uh local guy once once I got there that I kinda knew. So, you know, I would ask questions, man. You know, that's I think some kids now they, they kinda get intimidated about, you know, being around upperclassmen or, you know, your teammates. But right. no, you have to ask questions and what what I, I know for a fact what I would what I tried to do, I tried to be myself. You know, sometimes when when freshmen get on campus you know, they feel like, oh, I got to go to every pool party. Or I got to be around every upper class. And you you got to be yourself, be true to who you are. And, I mean, it's the reason why you're on these campuses like the University of Florida. So so don't feel intimidated, but ask questions because um, that's what I did, and I think that helped smooth things over with me. Yeah, you definitely was uh, one, one of the guys that, you know, a lot of the, the younger guys like myself looked up to because yep. you, you went about your stuff the, the right way. It's not one time yep. um, Coach Meyer came in there and had a team meeting and he said anything negative about about how you <laughs> yep. conduct yourself. So, um, you yep. know, coming in as a freshman, when I was a freshman, you know, uh, how, how we seat ourselves in the meeting room is, you know, the younger guys in the back, um, the, the, the captains or, or seniors up in the front. And, uh, you know, I just yep. always yep. – Always wanted to get up there, man. Yep. I used to see y'all up there yep. in that front row, and like yep. I'm telling you, if yep. you if you sit anywhere past the second or third row, I don't even you bake chicken. You you not gonna get talked to. Like Urban not gonna even talk. To you. <laughs> he gonna walk past you in the in the, in the hallways. <laughs> he gonna he gonna dab his head. Down. Oh, oh boy! Until you like the first first three rows. Am I lying? Yeah, hey, hey, huh? listen, hey, I, listen, and 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 and, and, and to his defense. And I, I, I kid you not, I tell people this all the time because a lot of people say, how was Urban? They say he's cocky. They say he didn't talk to everyone. He would make you work harder. He he would make you work harder. Hey, I don't know if he's seen a certain guy that he walked by and didn't speak. I don't know if, you know, he's treating everybody the same that way because I'm not around everybody. But there was a lot of guys who, who, who played there during our time that went out and worked even harder. To gain his respect, yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and you know, you know, he can he can he can manipulate some things and play with your mind, and, and and I think you know that's that's credit to to his coaching style. That that credit, you know, that's that has a lot of credit to do with a lot of success he he's had as a coach, and it it works. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it works, and I think he he got a lot of guys' attention to to make them want to go out to practice. And work their tails off every single day, even even harder than they have been doing in the past. So, um, but yeah, no, some of those things are true, man. But but I think it worked for our program, absolutely. For sure, for sure. Talk about yep. uh, the team morale. You know, I, I know you play uh, came in and yep. was a coach. Um, and, yep. and I, I was actually on the team where Urban stepped down um, in '09, yep. came back. Uh huh. Um, Stepped down again in 2010. So I, I was there both times, and I can just tell you, man, yep. it 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 wasn't a pretty day for the Gators in in, in those uh in, in those four doors uh, in the four walls. So no, nah, 
Yeah, talk about how 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 the change was for you guys when when Zook left and uh when you guys yeah. had to come in. Well, you know, off the top of my head, you know, I, you know, once once you're at these universities, there's a lot of things I don't want to say given to you because you earn that full scholarship. But you know, just say you know, just from simple things like when we get finished working out, we we put all our stuff right. up. You know, they wash it. It's back in our lockers. Um, Coach Meyer came in and took all of that stuff away. And, right, let's th- just let's think about how simple that is. Oh, you know, I'm done working out. Let me put my stuff up. You know, yeah. the trainers will pick it up. They'll wash it. It'll be back Because you, you don't even pay attention. You probably be yeah. on your phone. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, you're not, yeah, <laughs> you're not even, you're not even really understanding, you know, there's somebody washing your workout uniform, your practice jerseys, or whatever, and then it's back in your locker the next day clean. So Coach Meyer came in and took all of that away. He said, listen, you guys have to earn this kind of stuff. Take your stuff home and wash it every day. I mean, let's be for real. How many guys from the ages of 18 to 22, 23, whatever, you know, wants to wash their their, their, their practice workout stuff every single day and then have to bring it back the very next day, right? That's you know that that's a lie. I know. But he kind of made, yeah, he made Coach Meyer made us really value certain things at the University of Florida or or, or, or being there. And I I think it worked again. Like I said, there was a lot of things that he would do to get our attention. And and once he knew the team was buying into the team concept, then he would reward you. He would he would give these things back. But he definitely caught our attention. Uh, with, with the lie, and and I'm not saying, I'm not saying Coach Coach Zook did everything totally wrong, but we can tell it was a difference when when Coach Meyer got there, just from the intensity standpoint, from everything in the facility, everybody in the facility. He wanted everybody to be upbeat, whether it was a trainer, whether it was an equipment guy, whether it was an assistant coach. Definitely the players. He didn't want anybody walk around with their heads down. He made sure. All the hoodies was off the heads. So he kind of changed everything off the field. And, and he knew once we bought in off the field, going to class, being on time, showing up to tutoring, making sure you're going to rehab. When, when, when you buy in with those things on the field, on the field, it'll be a lot easier because let's, let's be for real. We had a lot of NFL players, a lot of NFL talent walking around that facility around that time mm-hmm. so once you get them to buy in and be coachable that's the easy part after that now wait see i before before um silk jump in i'm just gonna get this clear we can wear hoodies we just can't wear the hood on our head now some schools that can't even wear the hoodies at all but we ain't gonna talk about that. yeah 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 Go ahead, that's it yeah See, I you spoken um before about uh mario kind of getting into the psyche uh, of of his players and um, yep. we all know how competitive competitive he is. How? Yep. What was his script? Because he, appro- he approached every kid different. So what was his approach to you? You know what? For 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 me, um, I'll be honest. I was kind of upset. I wanted to play. I wanted to play the quarterback position. I wanted to play quarterback, and I'm gonna be honest. I I don't know if I I bought completely in playing that position film study, doing everything necessary. I just felt like I just had the physical tools. 
So, you know, long story short, I was thinking about transferring. And uh, bad business. I ended up sending a message, a text message to Coach Meyer, I think after our bowl game, after a bowl game, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm probably going to transfer. And I was actually in my high school gym. I was actually in my high school gym playing pickup basketball on on that on a Sunday, and it wasn't a, a hour after that text message. He walked into my high school gym with with uh, coach. I think coach uh, Strong and somebody else, maybe Coach Gonzalez. But it was it was three coaches. They walked into the high school gym, and we talked for three hours. And my brothers office which he's the head basketball coach still at Hawthorne and we talked for three hours and he was like man you know you can go somewhere else and sit out and do this and do that uh but but I can put you at this tight end position where you can have some success and for me you know I wanted to play I already redshirted I uh one year and I think the year after that I was a backup quarterback maybe third string I was like well you know I want to play I want to get on the field I feel like I was a good athlete and I feel like I could make plays. So I was able to make that 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 switch. And it was a smooth transition uh, because they they walked me through it. Uh, he, he, he told me they were going to be able to get me the football. Um, and, and, and I was one of those guys, I, you know, I, I didn't want to cause any trouble, you know, with, with anything. They didn't have to pump and prime me. I, I've always been a self-motivated guy, uh, and I just wanted to play. Uh, but but you got to think, man. It, it has to be hard as a as a as a college football coach or any coach, could, because you have to kind of go to certain individuals in, in, in your own different way to get them motivated or, or, or to to make them believe that they can have success um, if they buy into the team concept. So I think Coach Smith did a great job with that. He didn't necessarily have have to do it with me. Um, because you know I was a self-motivated guy. I, I just wanted to really just play ball and and and, and be a kid and have fun. So uh, that's probably the only thing with that. Uh, what was your um my favorite play? I'm pretty sure most most people favorite plays and in, in that from that area with the tight end was was definitely shovel pass. What was your favorite play in that offense for you? Well, you know, for 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 me, who we we ran smash a lot where you know I was either in the slot um on the on the side which you know the ball might go and probably run a corner route I scored off that a couple times um during my day and we had a up and over which is basically a post route from the other slot guy where I kind of played from from both of those uh slot positions and I was able to make plays um at at, at both of those at both of those positions but I'll be honest uh, the jump pass, of course, would always stand out, but I never caught the jump pass. I think it was more Tate Casey. Yeah, I think Tate. David Nelson. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, ne- I never caught it. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the jump pass stood out. But when we run our smash route, I kind of knew the ball was coming to me. Um, and, I mean, these, these coaches did a great job with putting us in certain situations or, or certain everywhere over the field where, you know, you're not lined up in the same exact spot. So um, defense, you know, they have to adjust. Uh, we create mismatch. And, you know, of course, with, with all the talent that, that we had on the field at one time, you couldn't guard just one guy. 
Now, doing when you were playing, you, it was a lot, a, a lot of big promise. Um, it, it, I was excited about seeing what somebody athletic as you go to the NFL, what was going to happen. Uh, yep, yep. Explain to us what it was like getting through that injury. What what was it, that, that whole process like with the AC, ACL Man, injury? It, it, it was it was it was tough. Uh, you know, my my first one happened at, at the University of Florida, going into my senior year, where you know it was only the second day of training camp, and we're talking about high expectations going into going into uh, my senior year. Uh, but, you know, I, I had to overcome it. And I tell people all the time how special the Gator Nation is for, for me. And, and it doesn't have to do with a particular play. Uh, I can remember senior, senior days, a lot of the fans hadn't seen me. It was hard for me to stand on the sidelines to, to watch the games because, of course, I wanted to play and, you know, just being a competitor. Uh, but I took off and I, I ran out of the tunnel, and this is the first time everyone had seen me probably since, you know, uh, our training camp started. And uh, they didn't know – they, they basically didn't know how far along I was in my rehab. And when I took off and I ran, that was the loudest I've ever heard the swamp. And, 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 and I'm not even talking about from a football play standpoint. So that's how special the University of Florida is to me. They made me feel special. And when I was going through my rehab, guys like Ahmad, like these guys would come through the training room every single day, almost like, you know, I was preparing to play in the game and I was out for the year. The coaches would come in every single day. You know, it's tough, man. You know, pick your spirits up, you know, encouraging words. All that stuff went a long way for, for, for me. Uh, and it helped me get through, get, get through that process now. Once I got drafted by the Eagles, I was one of the most talked about guys on the team uh, because I was I was in the draft with LaShawn McCoy and Jeremy Macklin. Uh, but but I was having such a great uh, mini count once I got there. Oh, man, this is a first-round talent. Oh, man, he's going to have a big year, and I retail the same ACL. So uh, now I'm, I'm thinking, like, you know, like, why me? Now, the second time, it, w- it was a lot, easy, a lot easier mentally because – I already had been through it, and I kind of knew what to expect. I knew what I had to do. But at the same time, I'm seeing guys I played ball with, guys I trained with for the NFL combine, have success right away. And, and, and I, was, I, was never, I was never hating. I was never jealous or envy. I was just competitive saying, like, man, I wish I could be out there. And my, my second surgery, what a lot of Gator fans don't know, my second surgery actually was, was a blessing because my first surgery – I had done, it was a cadaver, and the, the, the graph had started to rot in my leg. Uh, the graph failed, and once I tore it, I, I had my second surgery done by Dr. James Andrews, and my parents, they, they, they came up from, from Hawthorne. They met me in Alabama. Uh, my mom was standing over me crying, and she was like, I'm going to let Dr. Andrews explain this too much. And I asked, I'm like, yo, Doc, was the surgery that bad? He was like, no, nah, it was actually a ble- blessing. The graph had started to fail, and uh, the the graph basically was was right. It, it started to rot, and you know it could have got in my bloodstreams where I could have had my leg amputated, or I could have died from it. And then, wow. listen, I love ball. Listen, I love ball, but 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 to be alive and healthy, I love that a little bit more. <laughs> actually, a lot more. So so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so you know, and, and just you know, just having 
you know that 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 Gator support. I'm talking about Gator fans writing me, uh, sending me letters. And, and I'll be honest, I, I have days where I was able to, you know, stay in Philly for another year. Went to Denver for a year or two, and, and I and I shouldn't have been there because you know I felt like. I felt like my leg was about to fall off a couple more. <laughs> so I was able to still make some money. And, yeah, I, and yeah. I'm being real. I was still able to make That's some dope. money and, yeah. and, 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 and stick around. That's deserved money, man. You, you gave the game your body yep, early. Yep. Yep. That's deserved money. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 So so I, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to, 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 to do it the right way. You know, have a lot of respect by, from, from a lot of great players that I played with, you know, at the University of Florida in the league. And, you know, and it's all about developing those relationships with, with, with people because ball will stop. Ball yes, will sir. stop. And I know so many cats who they, they don't have a clue. And I'm not talking about anybody. They don't have a clue on what their next move would be. All right. And, and, and I've been fortunate enough to kind of move right into, you know, the coaching ranks and, and, and have some success as a high school coach and give back to my community where I graduated and where I grew up. So, um, it's prices, man, for sure. Oh, dope. I see, uh, you know, uh, you talk about getting nation was great to you and it's, and still is great to you, but how cool is it to, to be back in your hometown, um, go back and coach the the school that you actually played for before, um, (laughs) and be, and, and, and be a state champion. Um, you know, Doing being a basketball coach as well. Uh, talk yep. about that. Yep, man. Listen, it's it's priceless, black. It's priceless, man. I'm I'm getting chill bumps. Just you know, really, really like reflecting on uh, this. This this was actually my fifth year coaching football. My third year coaching girls basketball in my hometown, and, and we're talking about limited resources. That's number one. We're talking about 180 kids in the school and we're competing with everybody, all classifications, football, boys, basketball, girls, basketball with 180 kids. And you know, the top of the office, my kids can't lie to me. I know everybody in the community, everybody knows me. So they can't say oh, I had a doctor's appointment. I'll pull up. Hey mom, did he really have a doctor's appointment? No, he in the house. You know, <laughs> so, so, so I have, I have total access to everything in Hawthorne. I have total access to everything in Hawthorne. And, and you know, w- once you start coaching, you know, there's certain guidelines, certain rules you have to put down. And some of these kids, they, they're not bad kids, but they might be used to getting, getting over on people or, or, or having, having things their way uh, when, when other coaches prob- probably was in place. But, but for me, you know, you kind of got to weed that stuff out and, and I'm not even talking about kicking them off the team, but just, you know, hey, letting them know, hey, this is the foundation. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And if we do it the right way, you know, you have your picture on the wall. And, and, and when your kids come to the gym or the kids walk into the cafeteria, they can say, oh, that's my mom on that state championship picture. That's my dad on that state championship picture. And that's what we, we've tried to create here. My older brother, he's the head basketball coach. He's been doing this for I think fourteen, fourteen years, um, and 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 he's the reason why I fell in love with the game. And, and you know, we we share memories. You know, we we go way back. Of course, we slept in the same room. Uh, but 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 for us to win a state championship in football, uh, I'm sorry, 
girls basketball and boys basketball uh, this year, it was so big for our town, man. Uh, and, and, and you, you got to understand, they were trying to shut our school down two or three years ago. Our school, our school received a letter grade of a D two years in a row, and they were going to shut us down. So we had to pass these state tests. You know, we had to come together as a community. We had to motivate the kids. Um, and that's, that's the main reason I ended up on campus because a lot of these kids, of course, you know, they don't have a lot of people to look up to. So once they right. know you really care about them and love them, then they'll run through a wall for you. And I, listen, I have that. I have that. And I've had job offers at other high schools, mm. colleges. Listen, it'll be hard to get me from here. Now they take care yeah, of me. That was my next question. They take care um, of me, but, but, but it'll be hard to get me from, from, from here because, these these kids really need me. They really need my yeah, that's staff, and, and that's important. Absolutely, it's, it's very important. Now you spoke about earlier about um, pulling up to kids' houses and and and, and Hawthorne yeah. being that small. I'm from Belgrade, so I'm, I know yeah. what that small town feel like. Oh yeah, what it's, it's a different area now. Oh okay, <laughs> was, you down the street. Listen, man, listen, okay, man, listen. I was born at Pahokee. My 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 uncle. Lives in Clawson, so I go to Brown Sugar almost oh, every year. Come on, man! You yeah. from the crib, yeah. then, man? Yeah. You a monk, baby? Yeah. Oh yeah, we yeah. changed this whole podcast. Like, everything just changed. Yeah. Oh, oh very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. You you yeah. intrigued now? Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. yeah. He's already a dog, but he definitely a dog now. He from the monk, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as a kid, I stayed in we stayed in Pahokee one year. It was, uh, probably the worst year of my life. I'm barely, you know how it go, man. But um, yeah, yeah, I know how it first year of my life been in Pahokee. I lived in Fran Village for one year, and it was. It was okay. torture, man. But um, yeah. like I was saying, uh, this is a different era we're living in. Um, it is. It getting is. through to these kids is a little different. What's what's the toughest part about, because uh, we all been young before, and you're not a real old yep. man, so yep. you, you're not yep. that far yep. off. So what's the most difficult thing yep. what we're getting through with these kids? Oh, man, that's that's a great question. Um, for for me, you know, you, you got to give a little. And that's, and that's, and it's, it's that simple. You know, when we work out, yeah, y'all can play the music. It has to, it got to be clean. You know what I'm saying? If it's a female that's coming, a parent coming to pick up, you know, their, their son or their daughter, turn the music off, you know, so, so you have to give a little, you know, and just like you said, I, I got, listen, I got every pair of shoes they can think of. So, so when they see me, they're like, dang, coach, you got them J's too? I'm like, you know, when I was playing, I had a Nike contract. So I, I still got stuff in the boxes that, you know, that I never even wore. And I know I know how much true religion costs. I know how much iPhones, uh, AirPods. I know how much all that stuff costs. I got kids. I have to buy that kind of stuff. So when they see you with it, now they're like, "Boy, Coach, Coach, I, right. Coach, who?" And I think that would, that would happen to us. Yeah, that's what happened with yeah. us at Florida. We used to see Coach Meyer, Coach Mullen, them run through campus every day. Stop, holler at us, pound us up. You know what I'm saying? You know, some coaches, man, I ain't running through campus. Or I can I can work out. I can run on the treadmill, you know, in, 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 in our state-of-the-art weight room. But they interact with us. They, 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 they let us be ourselves. And once you do that, now, now we, we, it, it's respectful. Because I haven't had a kid disrespect me in my five years of coaching. In my three years of coaching girls basketball, I haven't had a girl disrespect me. And, 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 and I give. Like I said, I give. It's a respect. It's a respect factor. It's a respect level where, well, you know, hey, like I said, you can play the music while we're working out, but, you know, it has to be clean. Or or y'all can play y'all music before the game in the locker room. You can get in your zone. I ain't going to take that away from you. 
But now, you know, hey, give me, give me, give me my, give me my ten minutes before we're gonna go back over our game plan before we run out the locker room. You gonna lock in? You are gonna look me on my eyeballs, right? And we 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 gonna be connected. We are gonna be connected before this game starts. So so just being able to give a little bit, and I, and I know I know how I go, man. I done been around other programs where, where guys, oh, I'm going to do it my way, right? For for me, <laughs> quick example for me, Willie Jackson's son was my quarterback uh, the year before last. 6'4", uh, 210, can run and throw. Threw over 2,500 yards, finally rushed for over 800. Probably nice. threw, threw for 40, 50 touchdown passes, probably ran for 15. So had an incredible year. We are probably one of the top teams um, all classification in the state of Florida, but we were top two in the state of Florida behind Madison County. So, um, so that year, you know, we had a great year, uh, undefeated, undefeated regular season, uh, all this kind of stuff. So anyway, long story short, my quarterback this year, five eleven, no good runner, can't throw. So you think I'm gonna run a spread offense and be and throwing the football every down with him when he's not a passer? Like, no, nah, you gotta be able to adjust. You gotta be gotcha. able to adjust. And I know coaches who I know coaches who say, I'm a, I run this system on offense. I don't care what personnel I got, I gotta run it. Like, nah. You gotta you gotta be able to adjust as, as a coach. And I think the great coaches, they do that. They they do that, right? Let's be for real. We won a national championship with with with, with, with Chris Lee. Right? Absolutely. Not really not really not really uh Coach Meyer style of quarterback. Great quarterback now, but not really his style. Coach Meyer was able to adapt. He adjusted. Then, yeah, we watched then, Mullen do it on the fly this year. The wheel. Yeah, we, yeah, we watched Mullen do know, it on the fly Mullen, this year. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, like It's the reason why these guys are the top coaches in the country. It's the reason why they have all the success. Like, There's no way. that. And that, You're right, bro. That's a great example. Coach Mullen did it this year. I remember the Auburn game. I was there. And um, Trask got hurt. And yeah. then uh, the one kid went in. He marched us right down the field. Come on, Emory. man. You, you, yeah. you know how, how prepared this kid is as a backup? Right? Coach Muller not just spending his time with, with Trask on the practice field. Right? So so it's the reason why these guys have that success. It's the reason why these kids want to go to these universities. It's the reason why these parents are sending their kids to the University of Florida. They feel like their kid will be in great hands. And And – We'll we'll continue to do that. I know for a fact with with Coach Mullen, um, there. But you know that's that's you know I know I kind of done went on and on. But you know you got to be able to give a little bit. No, you doing especially good, in this man. generation. Yeah, especially in this generation, you you have to give. And, and I believe if you do that, you know the kids they respect you. I, I listen. I can walk in the hallways. None of my boys' fans will be down. Not one. Or the teacher can call me and say, "Hey, Coach, can you slide?" To my class uh, for regular students, for re- you know what I'm saying, like it's it's not even just about the athletes. I have a relationship with all the kids, right? I just told you it's only 180 out there, so I know all of them. You know, I know all the parents. I know the aunt and uncle I played ball with. So, so having that relationship and and the parents able to trust the coach. Not one parent has come to my office, and I, I don't even know if it's live or y'all gonna replay it. And, and I hope a parent call in and say, oh, man, see, I was lying about that. <laughs> not, not one, listen, not, listen, not one parent has come to my office about their kid playing time. Not one. In five years of coaching. That's rare. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so I know for a fact, you know, we're doing it the right way. I got some great coaches that, that actually graduated from Hawthorne as well, played some college ball. Like, we have the perfect setup. Now, now we, we coach everything. Don't, don't get it twisted. I'm the weightlifting coach, track coach, you know, <laughs> girls basketball, football here, football. So we, we, we're tied in with everything. And then the coaches that, that coach with me, they're, they're a part of those staffs as well. So um, we, we, we like our formula, man. We feel like we got the recipe for success. Uh, our kids are buying in. Um, our numbers will go up for our school. Uh, so we head in the right direction, bro, for sure. Hey, Sia, what's what's one piece of advice that you take from your time at uh, UF, whether it was under Billy Donovan, Urban Meyer, Ron Zook, any of your position coaches that, that you, I, I guess, hold yourself to the to the standard of when you're coaching um, whatever sport it might be? Um, just 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 be yourself, man, and, and, and trust trust in your ability, um, which which we we know. When, when you're prepared the right way, and Coach Meyer would always say this: when you're prepared the right way, um, you're, you're ready to play. Like you're not you're not second guessing, you're not thinking about, you know, messing up. When you prepare the right way, you can live with the consequences. Whether you know whether it's a win or a loss, you know. Uh, and, and I think we we've taken that approach myself and my my, my assistant coaches. We we take that approach with our kids. Hey, we we break down film almost like we're in college. Listen, my girls' basketball team, of course my football team, but my girls' basketball team, this was new to them. You know, some of the football guys, they, they had watched film before. Uh, probably not the extent that we watch it now, but our girls, they never watch film. So now, you know, we're teaching them, hey, pick up on tendencies. You should know, you know, number number 10 doesn't really want to use a left hand, so if she does, you know, it's, it's, it's two dribbles with a left, and she's crossing back over to put it back in her right hand. You should be sitting there, you know, waiting on that crossover. It's a steal, deflection, something. You know, so, so you know, just, just prepare the right way. You give yourself a chance at, at anything, and that's not even just ball. Um, we, we're teaching life lessons uh, with, 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 our, with our players here at Hawthorne because we all know <laughs> that real world doesn't care anything about you. And, and and I know I sound like a pretty good guy. I'm actually I'm a, I'm a great guy, uh, but but when I'm in coach mode, I'm kind of a different guy. So you know, my girls they they kind of get upset. You know, I can go from yelling at them and I ask them, "Hey, did y'all eat? Y'all want pizza?" You know, and I and I told them, "I'm not I'm not ever mad. It's it's never personal. I have a job to do. So even though you know uh, uh, I'm a great guy, I'm gonna coach you hard, and you'll be prepared for life after ball." I kid you not, I'm not worried about not one kid that I coach after they graduate. And I'm talking about probably, right, let's be for real, 90% of them won't play college ball. But I know they'll graduate. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's absolutely fine. They'll graduate, yeah. they'll get a job, you know, they'll be a successful citizen in the community. Uh, they won't give up. Right. Oh, man. So, you know, so that's what, that's, what, that's what the real coaching is about. Hey, see, uh, you um won an SEC championship in basketball, two national uh-huh. championships uh-huh. Uh, in football, drafted to the NFL. Uh-huh. Now you're the hometown hero back coaching, um, yep. doing doing your thing in the community. Yep. Going forward, yep. what's your what's your life goal, man? What do you want to accomplish? What you want What you want your uh, legacy to be when it's all said and done? Man, you know what? I I just want I just want people to remember me. You know, 
being being a being a great guy, a great coach, and I got kids, man, that that have played for me. That's in the military. They they've come back to games uh, recently this year, and they was like, oh, "Coach, I remember you told me this. I remember when you told me that." I was so mad, but it happened to me. And I and, and for me, you know, I'm not perfect. I share I share I share life experiences with with, with my with my players, good or bad. Because you're right. Let's be for real. They think everything is new under the sun to them, right? Let's be for real. They think Absolutely. they think whatever they're getting away with is <laughs> is never been done before. So you know, I'm sharing experience like, man, yo, I did it this way, and this was this what end up happening. I've been to this place when I shouldn't have been there, and this was this what end up happening. But you know, one day I think I coach. I will coach college ball. I will coach college ball. Um. You know, right now, my my community needed me. Uh, like I said, I had some job offers, you know, I, every year, uh, especially recently. But my town needed me more than anything. And if I would have up and just left, uh, a lot of these kids, they don't have anybody to, to, to really push them that they can really depend on. And you know how it is, man. You have to leave these kids. Now he's back. I'm not even going to school anymore. Oh, coach, coach, coach said this, or he said that, but as soon as he got his opportunity, he was out of here. You know, and, 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 and at the end of the day, I have to do what's best for me, but I'm not hurting for anything. I'm at my nice. hometown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a great place where I'm able to, to have success, you know, coaching high school ball and, I can go right over to Gainesville and, and and grab a bite to eat, and you know there's Gator fans coming to my table as if I was on the team from this past year, you know. So they respect what you do, they respect Absolutely. what you do. Our Gator fans, they love what we've done. Um, it'll continue to grow and be great under Coach Mullen. I know that for sure. Um, but I, I I love just being being the area guy. Um, and I'm able to not only, you know, influence and impact lives here, but I'm talking about at other schools, male and female. Nice, athletes, man. Done athletes. And that's what man, it's about. Man, the whole Gator Nation, we watching your uh, your career, we watching your coaching, what's yep. going on. Um, yep. A lot of the fans yeah, wanted you to come be the uh, tight end coach when that job became yeah, available. Yeah, so, man, yeah, we keep an eye on you, man. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. We appreciate, appreciate it. You. I appreciate it, fam. Yep. Well, appreciate you for coming on and hanging out with us, man. Um, yep. We got to get you back on here to hang out more, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I'm here. Y'all, anytime. Anytime. All Make right. sure them Gator fans, y'all go follow me on Twitter now. That's the only thing I'm on. Hey, I don't have Facebook or shout Instagram. Out to, uh, my, my, shout out yeah. to Twitter real quick. You don't get a bunch What's of followers. Uh, my Twitter, yeah, my Twitter is uh, C Ingram underscore 85. C Ingram underscore 85. Go Gators. Yes, go sir. Gators. Appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Thanks, bro. Yeah, appreciate y'all. The legendary Cornelius Ingram. <laughs> that was a hell fun. of an interview. Yeah, that was fun, man. Um, really detailed guy. Um, passionate. My man, well, I, I rank that one up there. I keep we keep doing this. We keep mm-hmm. revisiting the, the interviews, man. Yeah. But I got I like that one up there. That was, that was big time. Yeah. No, it's so it's it's. It's so cool to, to actually, you know, play with these guys and, and, you know, over the years, see how these guys grow up and turn into to men, you know, and we came in. Um, That's what this is all about, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. came in That's as, what this is all about. And it's just 
it's cool to like even when me and CIB on the phone, we just talk about like the things Urban used to say in his team meetings, and we all took it for somewhat for granted. I'm not gonna lie because when you're 18 to 22 year old, you know you don't compartmentalize for real. You know what I'm saying? You just you just think about you know uh, I'm going to the NFL or you know I've been doing this, so you know or, or um you know this is just supposed to be handed to me. You know we were really really extremely hard to, to get where we were. So you know Urban used to try to tell us, man, hey, you know one day it's gonna come to an end, and I think that's why I rank him. You know. Um, you know, one one of the best coaches ever, man, because he not only taught us, you know, football, and he did that very well. He taught us, you know, things that are happening in life, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and we're going to be, um, you know, hit with, you know, down the line later in life. And it's just it's some things that kind of still stick with us, you know, and he always, you know, said, said the speech about, you know, getting gas at the gas pump. You know, one day you're going to have to support your family and, and how are you going to do it? You know, and it's, when it's time to, to, to put gas in your car, you don't want to have to rush back to the back to, to the pump to stop it because you don't got enough money to let it fill up, you know. So I was sitting at the pump, bro, thinking about Urban Meyer, you know what I'm saying? And there's a little stuff like that. Hey, he told me I was gonna be able to put like seven dollars on this bitch one day, bro. <laughs> 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 I think that's going past twenty. I'll be like, yeah, Herb, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I can't really hey, I th- forty I think- like that now. <laughs> you know, I think I like the most about CIs. A lot of these guys, you know, have great stories and everything else. But man, I mean, talk about perspective. Um, I mean, talk about a guy that you know between you know injuries. I mean, you know, CI was a potential first round draft pick, came back, Absolutely. you know, got injured. Um, you know, then get in, you know, got injured again. And, you know, I think we've, we've talked about, it. I've got a really good friend that I grew up with Greg Romius and kind of the same thing uh, happened to him when he played at Pitt. Um, you know, a lot of these guys really struggle with perspective. It's easy to, to kind of, you know, go down a rabbit hole where you can get in your feelings and it can really derail you. And, you know, he's really taking that as an opportunity and he just talked about it, you know, going back to his hometown. And it's not even about being just like considered a hometown hero as much as it is saying, hey, they needed me. I can help them, um, you know bring them, you know, back to some prosperity, you know, in, in athletics. And, you know, he's probably had an unbelievable, you know, number of opportunities to go to bigger schools, bigger cities, bigger opportunities, maybe even at the collegiate level. So uh, the perspective that he has to give back and help those that are in his hometown community is, is incredible. I mean, that's, that's a top five interview that we've ever done. Um, and man, that was a, a pleasure and a blessing to have him on this week. Definitely. We need more guys like him. Um, honorable to go back in and, and and especially because teaching not it's not a profession where he's gonna get paid a lot of money man but he's you can tell you from him speaking man he's passionate about what he's doing man so that's dope um we're gonna go back to back then already so back to back. We're, we're gonna go from one coach correct to another coach to another coach Very good. let's bring on coach, safety english yeah that's right You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is current University of Florida safety coach Ron English. Coach, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, man. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Hey, great. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on this evening. I wanted to talk to you uh, about um, you know ultimately how you came to Florida. Obviously, you were with Dan Mullen when he was at Mississippi State for his uh, his final season. But ultimately, how did you and, and uh, Dan Mullen get connected there at Mississippi State? And then what made uh, coming to Florida an enticing move for you in your career? Well, um, Dan and I, I tell you exactly what happened is. Um, 
you know, we coached against each other years ago um, in the Citrus Bowl. And um, and I was at Michigan, D.C. and Michigan. He was at Florida. And then we ended up winning that game. And then we had some talks about me um, becoming his coordinator at Mississippi State, but I'd just taken a head job at Eastern Michigan. And so uh, I was there for uh, almost five years and then got let go there, set out two years and got back in the profession as a coordinator at San Jose State and did a year there and then uh, was looking for work and thought I was going to A&M. Uh, to coach defensive backs there. And um, the coordinator there uh, had was more familiar with another coach. And so that coach ended up going there. And uh, a really good friend of mine, Bill Sheridan, who I coached with at Michigan years ago, had coached with Coach Grantham at Mississippi State, I mean, excuse me, at Michigan State, asked me if I was interested in the job at Mississippi State. And I said, sure. And I talked to uh, Todd and talked to Coach Mullen, and and that's how we hooked up. Man, that's awesome. So what has it been like? Um, you know, so I look back, you know, at Florida's, you know, coaching staff for the last couple seasons, and there's not been a, a t- turnover, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, you've added Torian Gray and you've added David Turner to replace, uh, you know, a couple of the coaches that left. But but what is it about Dan Mullen and, um, you know, his coaching and, and kind of his coaching staff uh, that doesn't have as much turnover maybe as some of the other coaching staffs that we see at the uh, at the collegiate level? And, and why does it seem like there are coaches that seem to, to want to stay there for, for quite some time? Well, first off, you asked me about Florida and you know, why it made sense in my career at the time. And, and, you know, I'd been, you know, for the last 10 years prior to coming or going to Mississippi State, I'd either been a coordinator or a head coach. So uh, I kind of had to relearn how to be a position coach, to be honest with you. But then when I got with Coach Mullen, what I loved about him was uh, the way he ran his program, the structure of it. Uh, I think there are some things that he does that I, I know there's, uh, like scheduling-wise that I'd never been exposed to. And uh, that's why if you really look at his teams, they're always prepared. And um, and they're always tough. You know, Coach Mullen has some toughness to him. So uh, they're always tough, which is right up my alley. They're always prepared. He loves ball. You know, one thing about Dan Mullen, he's a ball coach now. I mean, he is a ball coach. And uh, I love the way he coaches. And, you know, I felt like when I coached against him before, I kind of knew what he wanted to do, and I did not think he would deviate from that. Uh, and I felt like if I got him in certain situations, I would have the upper hand. I One thing I know about him now is he doesn't care if he runs 4,000, throws 4,000. He doesn't care. Absolutely. He just cares about scoring and winning. And, and to me, that is the elite of the elite. There is no ego involved in that situation. Well, obviously, Florida is one of the elite programs in the country. I will say this, once you coach, because I went to Cal Berkeley, so which has been known for years as the number one public institution in the world. And now, you know, to, and then the coach of Michigan, which is always top five, and then to have the great fortune to coach in Florida, which is a top 10, I think we're six or seven right now, you're always going to be able to recruit elite players because they're going to want that combination of not only academics but then you're talking about that swamp you're talking about the sec you're talking about the history and tradition of florida football 
And uh, so it's just not a better. You're talking about the flagship academic school in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, now, when I say that, Vandy, Vanderbilt as a private institution uh, may have something to say against against that, uh, but they're not even close in terms of the athletic part of it. Um, so that's what I love about it. And I think that the reason that he keeps coaches is for those reasons I just mentioned. Uh, I've, I've turned down two jobs in two years since I've been at Florida. Uh, and so uh, I did so for several reasons. So I, what I'm saying is when you look at the package, when you look at Gainesville, Florida, the weather, when you look at that, uh, the academic um, reputation of a Florida and the swamp and the af- and the, um, the football piece, and then you know when you look at look at all the great players that have played at Florida, look at all the great people that have graduated from there. So uh, when you add that with the fact that Dan knows exactly what he's doing, and then finally, to be honest with you, I believe we're going to win a national championship, and I think we're going to do it soon. Okay, I like I like that. I, hey, coach, hey, this is my. I like his style. I, I, I like talking about talk. So, 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 you know, talking about when, when back when Dan was the OC, um, offensive coordinator, um, when, I, when when I was here, uh, playing, and yeah. uh, you know, you know, Dan was 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 still wet behind the ears, and uh, you know, now he, he you know, he he does some of the same similarities I saw with Urban Meyer and his coaching staff. Um, for the people who don't know, talk about the morale of the team and, you know, the, the chemistry and the camaraderie um, of, of the environment and the family orientation that, that he brings, yeah. um, he loves his team to have. Talk about that a little bit. Well, well, I didn't say wet behind the ears. You said that. <laughs> All right. So I would not say that, but <laughs> me neither. You know, my kids are all the time to come. Yeah. He, he was young, but he but he was he was fierce though. He was fierce. Yeah, well, I, 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 I'm just saying I would say that. But I will say this: that you know the environment is such where uh, you know my kids love going uh, to you know for example Thursday night dinners. We love doing that. My kids love doing it. Right. And uh, you know our kids have their you know they come up there and they have a little tailgate before the game and they run up and down. The, you know, the building and they come out on the field. And so, you know, Coach Mullen just makes it, you know, he wants family atmosphere. For example, in the recruiting, our wives, like my wife, she does as many recruiting meals as I do. She goes to every single meal. And, and uh, you know, Dan will say that to you before he hires you. Now, is your wife willing to recruit? Because she's going to need to do that. Uh, and so I think that always is a positive because then they know the players and the players can come over and feel comfortable and, you know, and all that good stuff. So I just think, it, you know, that the reason that Dan Mullen was such a great hire that people don't even understand is because this is what everybody thinks. Everybody thinks they know what it is to be a head coach. And I found out from being one that there's a vast difference when you move six inches over when you move one foot over, that other tier is a little bit different. And there are things that go on that people have no idea that are even going on. And they will never know until they become a head coach. So what happens with a coach Mullen, what I love about him is he promotes that atmosphere. But how Florida got so lucky was he understood the University of Florida. He understood the expectations. 
he understood the Gator standard. He understood that, hey, we're going to turn this thing quick. We've got some athletes there. We've got great coaches. And so it's just a matter of time. And he also understands, as we all do, that there's nothing good enough but the championship. We all understand that. And we all are. It's like last year, you know, after that game, I mean, I mean, if you notice, uh, the first year, I think that celebration was a little bit different down in Atlanta. You know, down in Miami, he was kind of like, okay, you know, we, you, you felt like, gosh, one more game, and now we're really doing some celebrating. So, Absolutely. Um, English, I think the, the, the biggest question that uh, we all had, and it kind of got answered in some of Dan Mullen's um, pressers, was the safety rotation. Um, what, what was your feel on it, like, now that the season's over with, uh, what, what's your feel on it, and how did it all come about? You know what, he, Coach, you know, when I first went to Mississippi State, you know, he wanted players rotated. And I didn't like it, uh, as, you know, because I'd never really done that. I'd never done that. And, uh, you know, and in fact, I had four guys for three spots. But one of the guys was John Abram. So Jonathan Abram had to play free safety, strong safety, and nickel. So we do, and I roll him by series because that's really all I had. Well, here, the first year, guys really didn't distance themselves. Now, Chauncey was going to play all the time because we didn't have a nickel that was even close to him, and I could, you know, we would say, you're going to get your rest when we go to base. Uh, but there really wasn't a lot of distance between the other four guys, and they all had their moments and all that stuff. Um and so I, I think this year was a little bit different in that um, every guy wasn't at the same place in terms of um, how well he played in every game or every week. We had some fluctuation due to injury. We had some fluctuation due to suspension. Uh, so, and, you know, it, it wasn't as smooth or as easy this year as it had been in the past. Um, and, you know, nobody knows, but, it, you know, like Juwan Taylor, Juwan Taylor was hurt all year. He, you know, he could have had surgery week two, uh, but he decided to be there for his team because he knew if he did that, um, you know, we would have had issues. I mean, in terms of depth, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So that would have been a problem. Brad Stewart, you know, he had to miss some games. Uh, so that was a problem. So we, you know, we just, hey, we'll be better and all that. And I know people are grumbling and this, that, and the other. But, you know, we won 11 games. And those guys have made plays the last two years in big games. And we'll, we just got to keep getting them better. But but I'm excited because, uh, you know, we got the three guys coming back. They're all seniors. So we'll have a chance to be pretty good. Um, yeah, we definitely did have, like like you said, it hasn't been a whole lot of consistency as far as uh, guys, I mean, injuries, what, 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 whatever it has been, it just hasn't been like consistency, uh, the same two guys. How important is chemistry and communication in the, at that position, um, having the well, same two guys out there? Well, you said it. That's the whole thing. The whole thing is that. Now, we'll never have the same two guys. I just told you that. Yeah. Because, Coach Mullen, if you look at our whole entire team, nobody – he doesn't want anybody playing more than 40, 50 snaps a game. So there's never going to be the same two guys. Now, I think that there will be more of, uh, hey, whoever deserves to play more will play more as this thing grows and as we get more and more talented. Um, but, uh, you know, having played the position and coached it for years, you know, the secondary was my primary position. 
for, you know, most of my coaching career. And so those guys, particularly in our system, you know, one side controls his side of the defense and one controls the other. Now, sometimes what you see is not necessarily those guys. Uh, but I do think that um, the better they are, the more they anticipate the issues and the more um, that they demonstrate an ability to communicate and the less issues you have. Uh, so, you know, you're talking about guys who have been in our system now three years. We got to get them healthy. We got to get them to Saturdays, and then they'll perform. I believe. What's the vibes like around the team right now? Um, the Corona is out here. Uh, you guys are shut yeah. down a little bit. What's going on? Yeah, we we were hoping that we were hoping to have some um, even you know virtual meetings. They even shut that down. So, you know, it's kind of we were all excited, man. We were all excited because. You know, guys, I loved last year's team. I knew watching them that they were competitive. I thought that was a really competitive team, and they believed in each other, and they liked each other. Absolutely. And, yeah, we we, we lost a couple games that, you know, uh, one of them, I mean, I don't know if you're going to win that game without your best players. I just don't. The other one, I mean, we got to play better in crucial moments against Georgia, you know, in the, in the cocktail party. But my point is, is this. If you look at that team, they never quit. That team would fight you, and they would believe. You know, they believe. You know, they believed in Kentucky and came back and won that game. You know what I'm saying? They believed they were going to beat Auburn at home and played that way. So what I'm saying to you is, is that was a fun team, and I knew from the beginning uh, uh, through spring ball and fall camp what we were going to get. Now, the problem is, man, is that's the fun part when you see the team coming together, particularly the off season. So what happens is when you first take over a program, you know, you should get better and better every year. And we ended up this year, the understanding of a, what was the expectation in the off season? B, how does it benefit you as a player in a football team? And then C, you know, the number of guys who are buying in and doing it the right way. So, you know, we're all fired up because, you know, we got no issues. We're rolling in there, man. We're, we're about to see what we got. And we're, and we're excited about what we have. And, and now even, you know, we can make sure that people are in the right positions. We can cross-train people a little bit more because they know the system a little bit better. And then to be knocked off stride by this deal is just no fun. So, um, I don't know. We were we were getting prepared to do some, some virtual meetings with the players. And now we're just – from a coach's standpoint, just going to start breaking down the opponent. Like, uh, like I'll start um, tomorrow just breaking down opponents as if it was a game week and doing reports and that type of a deal. But, no, nah, man, to answer your question, to, to, to not be with the players right now is just it's, it's tough. Hey, coach, how did you, how did you handle as as their coach, and then obviously as the person that you know did you know sometimes you know on the timeline or on Twitter or just you know elsewhere on social media you know get some get some heat. How do you try to insulate some of the players from that, and then you know how do you react when when you see you know a lot of you know people you sideline or you know armchair quarterbacking uh, you know the safety play or, or whatever that might be. Yeah, no question. So I learned this years ago, years ago. Now with the players, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just, I coach them in such a way that they're going to believe in themselves at the end of the day. But, 
you know, and 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 the reality is, is a lot of times some of the the um, the criticism is uh, not warranted. It's not accurate. But I learned this. All right, Lloyd Carr taught me this years ago. You know, he said, "There's one thing you got to treat success and failure just the same, because they're both imposters." That's that old Kipling poem. But the reality is, is this. Okay, you, if, when you think you're the greatest thing in America, you're not. And when people think you're the worst thing in America, you're not. And so I've been doing this too long. I produce too many pros. I know too much about football to really listen to anyone who thinks that I don't know what I'm doing because I think I've proven it over and over again. And then, uh, Coach, talk to us a little bit. So there was some talk uh, before the you know the season shut down that that Trey Dean uh, was going to be moving back to at least practice in that that safety position. Uh, with obviously the change, you know, and we're not exactly sure what's going to happen in the summer uh, and certainly in the fall with practice and what that schedule might look like. Uh, does this potentially change those plans, or is that still something that you guys are are wanting to uh, to look at? No, I think we put a lot of time in where we put every guy, and. Um... You know, obviously we wanted, you know, we were hoping that Trey could take over for uh, Chauncey, and that didn't work out. And so we, um, we're we going to find our job is to find a way to get guys to be successful, particularly if they have ability and aptitude. You know, Trey Dean loves football, and he works hard. I mean, he's one of the hardest working guys. He's always a star of the offseason. So we just have to get him to – we just have to get that translated to – on the football field. And that position is a difficult position. There's a lot to it. You know, there's some, uh, a lot of different techniques, a lot of things that, you know, uh, are not technical, but are, are vital just in terms of disguise or in terms of, uh, knowing when to do certain things. So, uh, the point that I'm making is, is that Trey will bounce back and he'll be a good player and we'll have a spot for him. And when we have a spot for him, and it's well thought out. And uh, he's going to have success at Florida. He's going to be. Uh, he's going to carry on the legacy of DPs at Florida. And, and coach, who coaches that that star position? Because it is kind of a hybrid role, you know, on that defense. Is it? Is it you? Is it Gray? Yeah. Is it mm-hmm. Robinson? No, I coach the safeties in the star. I coach the okay. safeties in the star. So, coach, talk to us a little bit about when when you're recruiting a a player to join uh, your your roster um, and kind of your staple of safeties. What are, what are some of the things that you're looking for uh, out of the players? Cause I mean, safety is a, a pretty notoriously tough position to recruit for. Uh, what do you uh, look for? Well, in why, your do, players why, do you, and, well, why do you say, why do you say it's a tough position to recruit for? I'm, I'm sorry, not to recruit for, to, uh, to evaluate for, I apologize. Um, that's what I meant to say. So a tough position to evaluate um, in, um, in high school, um, obviously just, uh, you know, with, with defense, is being very different in terms of what you guys are running for. What do you look for when you're evaluating a prospect? Well, this is the deal. I, I wouldn't say, first off, if, you understand, if you've been taught evaluation, mm-hmm. right, if you've been taught that, then you know that there are certain things you look for. First yeah. off, it's just football players. It's okay. just a football player. But the safety position requires, A, somebody who's going to, first off, let's just forget the position. Let's just talk about evaluating players. So the first thing is you want guys who love football. So how do you figure out if they love football? Well, maybe it shows on the tape. It shows by the enthusiasm they play with. Or maybe you're talking to 
maybe you see that they're working out every Saturday in the off season, or maybe you talk to the coach and he says, Hey, that guy's always in here watching tape. Or maybe, you know, Oh, this guy loves watch. He watches football. He actually watches football. So on television. So the first thing to me is, does a guy love football? The second thing is what's his aptitude in terms of intelligence? Like if you look at all the guys that we recruited, if you look at the three guys that we signed, they're all really good students, all right? Mm-hmm. They all love ball. Like, for example, Mordecai, I've been watching Mordecai for the last three years. I watched him when we were at yeah. State. What, what got me going on Mordecai was I watched him on special teams. I, I had no idea where he was going to play, but he'd run down and try to knock your helmet off on special teams. And by the way, you're talking about a big guy, and by the way, you're talking about a guy who could run now. I think he just made all, all – uh, I know he did. He just made all, all his own right. metro area team. As his yeah. So you're talking yeah. about a big, fast guy now. And you're talking about parents who are ex-military people. And you're talking mm-hmm. about the other brother goes to Villanova. So you're so that's what I mean. When you evaluate yeah. players, it's not it's not just, oh, let's put the tape on and let's watch these couple of – because everybody watched highlight tapes today, right? Yeah. But back when I started, we watched the game. And we watched how he got up after he made a tackle. We watched him run on the field. We watched him run off the field. I mean, you don't understand what I'm saying? So it was it is more than this evaluation that guys do today. And this was another thing that Lloyd would always say, Ron, you're not gonna you're never gonna miss on talent here at Michigan because you're gonna re- recruit the elite of the elite, but you will miss on character. And so mm. what that means to me, which is another part of the evaluation, okay, hey, call me at five o'clock. Do they call you at five o'clock? Hey man, hey, how I many classes? Can I see the transcript? How many classes they got missed? I mean, that's critical. So if you look at these guys, if you look at Rashad Torrance, who's, you know, I think yep. going to be a big-time player, all right? If you look at Trevez, mm-hmm. if you look at Trevez, who, 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 to me, has 1% ability. Yeah. I mean, when you look, that at, a a five, when you look right. at a guy who's 5'11", and who's 190-plus pounds, and who I've never seen run under, I mean, over four, four, five on any clock, on no clock. I mean, that's that's crazy. Oh, and can flip his hips. We had him in. He can flip his hips, and it'll strike you. I mean, you're talking about elite now, and then you're talking about Mordecai. So, so now it's to follow up with, because uh, we really didn't recruit a safety. We the first year after the first season, we were going to take one, but we were only going to take. You know, there were four or five elite in the country. We ended up not getting any up. Because we have four guys coming back and all that. Okay, so now uh, we got these three, but this year's going to be big too because uh, we're going to need to take three to four again. So I, I hope I answered your question, but there's a lot that goes yeah. into it. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a great position because, you know, I didn't mention it, but all those things tie into character as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, consistency is character, and that's, okay, does he go to class? Does he not? Uh, you know, i tell you another thing about I don't care what position it is. Mm-hmm. You go there, how do they treat the guy who picks up the trash? Mm-hmm. How do they, like Chris in our building, they say they know his name, they say hi to him. So those are the people I talk to. When I go on campus, I, I spend time yes. talking to the secretaries, the janitors, those type of people. Because in today's world, nobody does it anymore. Now, they just look at the tape and they just see, but you win championships with character people that are talented. Run, can you uh, can you can you explain to like the, the the average fan that don't know a whole lot about uh, Todd Grantham's defense and and, and um, 
how he wants to attack an offense. Can you break down the basics of of, of his style of defense? Mm-hmm. All right. So so like everybody, you know, when you when you start a defensive football team, right? The first thing is you want to stop the run, right? You've got to stop the run, right? Okay. All right. But second, and then the second thing is you want to make the quarterback uncomfortable, right? You got to make the quarterback, you got to have, make that guy have a bad day. You stop the run and you make him uncomfortable, you're going to play pretty good defense. Now, notice I didn't say you got to have this amount of sacks or you got to hit the guy this many times or whatever, because there are a lot of ways to make a guy feel uncomfortable. Uh, you can move him off the spot, all right? Or you can hit him, or you can sack him, or you could disguise coverages, or you can make plays on the football in the back end or whatever. So there are a lot of ways to make him feel uncomfortable. Well, that's what Coach Grantham likes to do. And he is so detailed in what he does. And he can coach the back to the front and the front to the back. And very few guys can do that. Um, if you watch our guys, I've been with him for three years now. And uh, as a secondary guy, I mean, it's, it's great to be, because, you know, that quarterback's never going to have, he ain't never going to just be standing back there uh, for the most part. And Todd is a great coach of pass rush. He can, t- you know, that's how he came up as a defensive line coach. So he's a great teacher of teaching guys how to beat blocks and, uh, and get to the quarterback. And uh, so I felt like last year even, you know, we did a nice job of stopping the run. We were better than we were the year before. We were stouter up front uh, and all that stuff. And then uh, I think for the long, most part of the season, we let the league and pick. I mean, the country, we were right there amongst the leaders in American interceptions, and we got a lot of balls out. And I think uh, we were far and away the leader in the league in sacks. And so, uh, you know, you stop the run, and then Todd's going to find ways and to to dictate the protection by the look and then to attack it. And and that is another way to make the quarterback uncomfortable. Uh, hopefully, no, that, 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 hopefully that Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely did. Yeah. Um yeah. there were some games we lost where, where we didn't score uh we didn't have a whole lot of points score on us. What's the defense goal each game? Well, like, do you guys game, have a point threshold? Game. Oh, you mean when you played or when we played? No, no, this 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 now this is well, silk, man. This ain't a, this ain't a mod. Oh, who this? This silk. This is not a mod. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. What are you what are you talking about, man? You talking about last year's season? Yeah, last season. Well, to be honest, we lost two games, right? And the one game we gave up a lot of points. I mean, more than our. You know, if you're a defensive coach and you give up in the forties, now you're playing against a team that everything came together for. You know, something it, it happens like that. Yeah, they end up being the best team, apparently. Uh, well, man, not only that, but, okay, you got the quarterback who threw us, what, three picks the year before, right? Threw us three picks the year before, something like yeah. that. All right, you didn't hear about any of these wideouts. The running back didn't do anything, right? I think they scored 16, whatever they scored in the swamp. But my point is, is just that all of a sudden, right, they got all those, that guy's seen a lot of different looks, right? Those wideouts are playing. The back is playing. The O-line's good, you know. And, and you know, they got the Bolitnikoff winner. They got the Heisman Trophy winner. They got the guy who wins the Outland Trophy. They got the, you know what I'm saying? They got them all. And they, and they got great coaches. So that, that came together, and we didn't have Jonathan, I don't think, fully healthy in that game. Uh, and we didn't have Zoo fully healthy in that game, and I think that hurt us a little bit. Now, the, the, to me, you know, any guy with a lot of pride, 
right? Uh, if they score, uh, if if you score seventeen, you got to hold them to sixteen. If you gotcha. score twenty one, you got to hold them to twenty. Now I'm just I'm just being honest. I'm just saying what I really believe. And so yeah, we lost that game. We didn't score a lot of points, but. Uh, you know, you can make the argument that we scored enough to win. You can make the argument that they uh, held us to less points than we held them. So my answer is we got to play better in that game. And we didn't play, uh, you know, I've yet to, we have yet to play as well as we can against Georgia. And the bottom line is we have to do that. Hey, man, before I uh, let Dan move on to you, a friend of mine played for you at, uh, at EMU. Uh, his name is Jasper Grimes. He asked me to uh to ask you about if you still uh pull up the practice in the convertible. <laughs> Jasper Grimes. Jasper's a good player now. Jasper's a good player. Hey, uh, I still do. I just I just redid. So I got a uh, ninety three uh three hundred SL Benz, and I just redid the interior, and that that thing's still rolling. And then I got a sixty nine Mercury Marquis. Also right. drop top. It's a big, it's a boat, man. That thing's a boat and it's scheduled to go in, uh, for some work interior wise, April the 1st. And I haven't done anything to those cars since I've had them. So, and I haven't bought any cars. I'm one of those dudes. I don't, I don't believe in buying cars, but, uh, so I'll spend about 20 grand and, and do some restoration on those two cars and be rolling them around town. But you tell Jasper, I said, what's up, man. I will do, man. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, Coach, one of the things that we've talked a lot about uh, on this podcast uh, with a lot of other coaches, and, and we had uh, two of the support guys uh, on last week talking a little bit about it, but um, w- there's a debate that's probably pretty hotly contested on, uh, especially on, on Twitter, about uh, seven on seven versus track or, or, you know, these kids playing other sports. How important do you guys consider, you know, multi-sport athletes? And is that something that you care a lot about? Or do you um, focus on, on guys that, that choose to play seven on seven? Or, or, or how does that factor into your evaluation of these guys? Uh, it's, it's interesting because I think you got to – I think, you know – you can get like in all you know or all you've been exposed to. And so like when I grew up, when it was football season, you play football. When it's basketball, you play basketball. When it's baseball, you play baseball. Okay. Well, let's say you got this kid. He doesn't do all that. He just does football and track or he does football and baseball or whatever. Or maybe he just does all football. Well, that doesn't mean he can't be a great football player, but you know what it does mean? It means that he can't relate to certain situations, certain skill sets. For example, baseball players that play the outfield learn how to track the ball. That's how that works. They learn Mm -hmm. how to track the ball. I mean, that's just the way it is. Basketball players that play basketball learn how to step and replace. In other words, they learn how to move laterally. That's the reality of it. You know why? Because they fly. So I do think that I have always loved guys who play multiple sports. I'm not saying that, you know, but in a perfect world, I would want a guy who played multiple sports because I think that it, there's a lot of overlap. Uh, you know, for example, most, a lot of guys who play baseball, if you like a baseball player, if you ever coach a baseball player in another sport, very seldom does he get like flustered. You know why? Right. Success is three out of ten. Right. Success is three out of ten, dog. So, yeah. so I mean, 
You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, they're not, you know, they, they, so in other words, they learn demeanor. They learn that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying to you? So basketball players, you know, learn to, uh, learn some certain things. So in, in any event, I think that this crossover, and I think in an optimal situation, you would want a multi-sport athlete. Very good. Talk to us a little bit about Trevez Johnson. You know, that's a guy that you guys got on really early, uh, you know, really before a lot of the recruiting services and everything else kind of tracked and who he was. What did you guys see in him that that ultimately, you know, you guys felt comfortable uh, pulling the trigger on him when, when a lot of people didn't really know who he was? Well, we're down in Georgia uh, and we're at a camp and um, it's blazing now. It's, it's so hot. It's like the end of June. We're about to go on vacation we're doing this camp. And so they had had, it was either the third or the fourth of that day, maybe the third. And so, uh, this kid, I said, well, guys, let me just time this. It was me and some, a couple coaches and some, some GAs and stuff. I said, let me just time these, this last group. Let me just time this group. So anyway, right. I go and time this guy. I got four, four, four on my clock. Some people got 442, 441. I got 444. All right? Go the other way, okay? I got 444 again, same thing. Most, most guys are lower than me. Most guys are lower than me, right? All right? So uh, I go see the coach. Hey, man, what's up with this dude? See the player. All right, you got to come to camp. Okay, can you come to camp? Comes to camp. So now in my career, most guys – that run, not most, but a lot of guys that run fast straight ahead are a little stiff. In other words, can't flip their hips, can't change direction, you know, struggle, right? So he comes to camp and registers for camp, and I work the guy out. He can flip his hips, he can control his body, all this stuff. Then their team is playing seven on seven, and he's competitive, he's tough, he's physical, finishing plays, knocking guys around, and of course he's got long speed, right? And by the way, nobody on before all that he ran, and nobody on our on our uh, staff got him. I think everything was four 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 or below. So now we're trying to figure out, but we know all right, it's not junior tape because the guy got hurt, played two games, and finally I said, you know what, Dan? If if I don't care where I'm coaching. If you tell me it's a 5'11", 190 guy who can flip his hips, not afraid of contact, and runs 4'4 every time, I'm taking that guy. I don't care where I am. So anyway, we uh, decide to take him, and what we found out was, you know, the dad, his stepdad played 11 years uh, pro baseball, won the World Series with Chicago uh, White Sox, okay, was a minor league instructor. All right, still is, and came mom's great lady. So come from a really good family. Uh, so we did our homework for a couple of days, and and then uh, offered, and and uh, we're fortunate enough to get the kid. That's awesome. So, coach, we really appreciate you uh, you coming on uh, tonight. What I, I guess my final question. I don't know if these guys have any final questions. Is is looking back. I mean, you've had a great career of you know being a defensive backs coach, defensive coordinator, uh, a head coach, um, safeties coach. What do you look back and, and what are you most proud of in your you know I guess thirty year um, career? That's a good question. That's a good question. I you know. 
Wow, that's a great question. I, you know, I haven't thought about that. I guess I'll think about that when it's all said and done. But I tell you what I do think about right now is I think about, you know, I've never won the uh, a national championship. I fin- you know, we played back in 06. We played uh, Ohio State one versus two down in Columbus. And we helmet to helmet hit and we lose by four or five in that game at the end of the game. And that's as close as I've ever gotten. So what I think about is uh, winning the national championship at Florida and what would that feel like and how blessed and fortunate I am to be in a place like this where, you know, not only are the expectations to win, but you should win. Uh, you've got every opportunity, you got everything going for you. And so you just got to continue to grind away and do the work and, and, uh, and win. So that's, that's what I think about. And I, you know, I, uh, I'm glad to come on for you guys and, and hope you enjoyed it and, um, wish you the best going forward. Thanks a lot, coach. Uh, I think we, we set up, I think the cards are set up for us this season, man. So let's get through this corona and, and hopefully football get and things get back to normal, man, because I think we set up for a run this year, man. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there for you. No, no that's right, man. We're fired up and we're, we're excited about it. And, and uh, you know, we got a lot of guys that believe in each other, players, coaches alike. And then, you know, we got a lot of guys that are, you know, we've got a little sour taste in our mouth, man, and we want to we wanna change that. All right. Appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us, coach. Okay, you guys take care. Yep, take care. Thank you. Dope interview with Coach Ron English. We got into some good stuff. Thought we got uh, the safety rotation. It ain't just on Ron English. I think Dan Mullen wants that as well. So uh, that cleared that up. And also, we'll see, man, going forward. Man, I don't think that position is going to be settled in for two straight guys because that's just what they want to do across the board, rotate guys. So that that ain't just on Coach Ron. Uh, but dope stuff. Yeah, no, I'm excited about what, what the future of that position looks like, too. There's a, a lot of really good talent there and then a lot of really good talent coming in. Uh, I didn't know Mordecai McDaniel was going to play safety. I thought he was going to be, uh, you know, more of a DB but uh, or more of a cornerback. But uh, I'm excited to see him back there. I think he's going to lay the yeah. uh, be able to lay some wood back there. Pause. Yeah, I, yeah, he's definitely a safety. I'm de- I'm, I'm just <laughs> excited. I got, you know, I got the same energy coach do, man. It's just you know, he, he came on here and, and, and said, you know, he got national championship vibes. So, shoot, me too. You, you got quiet when he said the four fours at safety, though. Yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would have had no shot, bro. He said four four, oh, oh, all the clocks every time. You know, it's crazy about all that. It's a bunch of four four safeties that don't got, got more picks than me or tackles. So, we're just going to leave that right now. Anyway. <laughs> talking shit, you know, bro. Hey, you, know, you know, I'm talking my shit, too. You know, I can. I'm a dog, but I'm still, it's still on paper. I'm going to take the four for every title, Bob. Yeah, I ain't going to lie, I would too. I, I would too. You gotta, it, it comes a lot, and, and you got to watch me play and all that. You won't just see me get off the bus and be like, I want him to play my safety spot. So, I understand. One of you boys, are we doing Ahmad White's Word of the Week or Ahmad Black's Word of the Week? I think we're doing Ahmad Black's Word of the Week. I think we already know what it is, too. I purposely didn't talking? look it up yesterday. Oh, but then, yeah, we go ahead and use that one then. That one there. You know. We'll what, bring it down for the people what it is. Uh, uh, I think we need um, to introduce I, the word. Yeah, introduce the word and then use it in a sentence for the. All right. So the word of the week is simp. Is that the one we're we going to go with? 
think I think so. So all right, I like I I've tried to figure out how to use it um, just by based on like what people are saying, and I don't really know like so like there's like a simpleton right, which is like it's kind of simple, kind of ordinary. Um, but then I saw it used in some other ways that it just didn't seem like that was it. So, um, it almost seems to me like somebody that like puts their girlfriend above them, right. Or maybe puts them on a pedestal I mean, above them, yeah, kind of worships I put, them. I put my, I, I worship my wife, Dan. I ain't no simp though. Yeah. It's a little yeah, different. Okay. All right. So what is it? Something that's like cheesy about it. Nah, so the definition says a man who puts his himself in a, subservient submissive position under women in hopes of winning them over without ah. the female bringing anything to the super table beta. ah very good super beta yeah um okay. <laughs> one of those guys man like um extra shivery you know yeah. you know those guys man i had a friend of mine that too hard right trying to like i had a friend of mine that open doors like like yeah. when he first meet girls, he was just open doors all the time. Like, bro, what are you doing? You don't open doors. Yeah, you let them open their own doors sometimes, Dan. Yeah, because okay, you know they, they open their doors. It's equal opportunity door. out here, man. There's no gender roles. Everybody can open their own door, right? No. No, Dan. Right, let's move I forward. Think, I think I think Dan, <laughs> I, I think Dan opened doors, man. So we can't really. I open doors for everybody. I'm a I'm a person that just likes to connect, and make the world a little bit better. You know, man. So whether that's so, open so, doors so for other people, this, whether it's job uh, opportunities. So, so, you know. So, so how do you, so how do you feel about opening doors for people who don't who who are, are a little bit of ways away and they don't put no pep in their step and they continue? To so work that yeah, that to me that's awkward, people. right? Yeah, yeah you like I, feel, doors, I always right? feel awkward. So I always try to judge it like: Is this person? Do they notice that I'm holding the door? Because I think if people notice you're holding the door, they'll put some pep in your step. But there's some people that they'll not even be paying attention. They're like a good distance away. And I feel really awkward if I'm that person and I'm like 30 yards away and you're holding the door open for me. Because now I have to do like a fast like speed walk up yeah, to you. Like I don't want to. So yeah, I'm like, the guy that waves off the door hole. If I'm not like six steps away, like you don't need to hold the door open for me. Like you can like push it out a little bit more. Maybe I'll catch it by the time, but like I don't need you. I don't need you to stand. I mean, I appreciate it. And that's very nice of you, but you know, I don't, I don't need you to feel awkward. You can keep your day moving along too. Yeah. Here's my thing with the door holding thing. Like if you holding the door for me, I look at you. I'm the guy that wave it all. Like you come to set me a pick. I'm going to wave that off. I don't need it, bro. I got this. That's me. And I'm not the same thing with do- holding the door. Like I'm gonna hold it for a second, and this has got to be a quick thing. If not, I'm just gonna keep it moving. I'm not. I'm not great at holding doors, and I also wave doors off, so I keep it. I keep it balanced. Very good. I'm yeah, not a fast I, skipper. Um, I'm not skipping to the door. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not gonna run my four four forty up to the door either. So, <laughs> um, so if anybody that's listening to this podcast, if they see me, you know, more than five or six steps away, don't worry, I won't be offended. Yeah, just keep it moving, bro. Yeah, just keep it moving. Yeah. I appreciate this that. It's a simp. Simp, yeah. Put that in your um. It's a Rolodex. Yeah, put that. Yeah, put that into um, my words that I use daily now. Got you. Is it's like a ver? It's an adjective to describe somebody as a simp. Okay. Now, is this a word? So, like, I, I notice a lot more on Twitter. Is this a word that you guys have been using for not you guys? Wow. Um, uh, is this a word that's been around for a while? Yeah, us guys, bro. In the road, yeah, you got to walk on eggshells, bro. <laughs> yeah, us yeah, guys. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just entered uh, mainstream culture recently. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. But it, I, 
I brought it up to my wife when we was watching The Love Is Blind, and it's funny because it's, it can't it start. Yeah, it's simple. It's yeah, start hitting our timeline. I mean, we in the um, fellas, we in the midst of 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 quarantine. We got plenty of time. My man Dan came up with a with a perfect idea of a segment we could add and have some fun with it. Dan, kind of break it down to the uh to the people. What are we yeah. gonna do for our next show? Yeah, yeah. So it, it might, it's going to probably be the next couple shows. This is what I was thinking. So uh, over the next four weeks, we build our all time. We'll do it together. We all have to agree. Uh, and that's going to be hard, but we're all going to have to agree and say, pause, um, that we're going to pick an entire offense, entire defense. We're going to pick uh, our special team. So we'll just do like a kick, uh, kick returner, punt returner, uh, kicker, punter, and then maybe do a coaching staff. I mean, we can decide if we want to do a whole coaching staff or just a, a head coach, offense coordinator, defense coordinator. We can figure out those details. But I want to build out over the next month the all-time best roster that we can put together. Now we have to start thinking about, you know, what are those players looking like, um, you know, together and how do they complement each other? Um, so yeah, so we're going to start that next week. So, uh, any suggestions, any players, any ideas that you guys have throw them our way in our DMS, uh, certain positions. I'm gonna go ahead and say, we may have to go too deep on dog. We're going to score some points, bro. So it's yeah. going to be, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be real fun and real interesting how this get played out. Um, Man. I hope you and Silk now play some defense, cause boy, we you put anybody that don't need to be back there, back there. We going up top. I'm telling you. Oh, the receiver court is gonna be, <laughs> be filthy. We going, um, deep, man. We going uh, damn. I some people get enough off of there. Yeah. Because, because I don't know, like man, do our own list because if my if my I know y'all has to receive, but if you got all three of Quez, Rita, Ike on the team, though, I don't know if we're gonna be able to move forward. Listen, I don't, don't know, but you got that mercy in there. Talk. Don't, look, Dan, don't worry about it, sweetheart. <laughs> I hope your linebackers can cover, too. Don't forget about that. Yeah. I don't know. We might, have, we might have to pick three individual teams ourselves. That's, that's the and vibe. And have the timeline decide. It's, uh, yeah, that's the vibes. Uh, uh, yeah, that's the vibes. Everybody set their roster. All we right. present them. And then, and then we'll let the timeline vote. All right, so we're going to do it. We'll start with the draft then. So uh, that changes things up a little bit. We'll have to all be a little bit more prepared next week. But uh, we'll start next week with offense. Uh, so we'll uh, – We'll have it laid out too on the graphic where we – I don't know. We, we, might we might have to enhance it. We might have to enhance it. We might have to – we might have to get us three just get a, a few people on our team as our coaching staff. And we, need, we have to have a draft or something, bro, okay. and just have fun with it. I don't know. That's, we'll top it up. You know, yes, that's that's so detailed and so much uh, involved. I don't know how we could pull that off, but that would be dope. We could do like a fantasy draft, but I don't know how we're going to score. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we just have to let the timeline decide. But yeah, let's do a fantasy some... draft. I like that style. Let's do a fantasy draft, yeah. and um, uh, we got to figure out how, who goes first and how we do the picks and shit. But so, yeah, let's do a fantasy draft, and we, we build a team off fantasy, and then we let the fans vote on who got the better I like I like that energy. Uh, I like all that. We supposed to get my man Jamel Canades on here, man, but we're gonna we're gonna flip that to another week. Um, he got a little tied up. It's getting late for us, so we'll, we'll get him on next week to hang it out. We got plenty of time, and we need to save some content, anyways. You feel me? 
Hey, we uh, appreciate you, uh, you guys for listening. Just a quick shout out to everybody. Uh, Greg Brown over at Brown Financial Services. Thank you so much. Uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Stadium and Gale. Uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff there. We've been talking about some uh, more merchandise that we're going to create. Uh, just some more stuff that we're going to put out there for you guys. Uh, we're not going to stop producing content. We've talked about doing a call-in show already this week. Uh, we're just going to keep putting stuff out there for you guys. We, we know that everybody's uh, tied up in some, some unfortunate circumstances, but that doesn't mean that the good content can't stop good interviews. So we appreciate you guys listening, sharing, uh, and everything else. Absolutely. Any shout-outs, Ahmad? Hey, man. Uh, shout-out to my son downstairs. He better get some sleep tonight, because I ain't... And I hear he's so much... He's, he's down there with his eyes wide open, so he need to stay open for a little bit longer, so when it's time for bed, it's time to, it's time to get out. You got, you got time to... You know. <laughs> I like I like I like all I like all that energy, man. Um, I, need, I need to see what to keep you keep you up, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna start out to drink coffee again. I'm trying not to drink coffee, bro. Oh, what kind of life are you living with with no coffee? No coffee, man. No sugar, no none of that. Uh, all right, man. Well, I'm gonna I want to give a shout. Man. I want to give a give me a quick uh, shout out to. Uh, to anybody that's been affected by uh, by this and, and shop yeah. local, try to support people while you can. I know some of you guys aren't able to, to get out or Absolutely. a lot of this stuff is closed down. But if you can if you can support, you know, the folks that are supporting the community, uh, you know, a lot of America is run by small business. And so whether it's if you have the means to eat out um, or, or do take and not eat out, but do take out or do delivery, you know, support those folks because they, they really need your help. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll get through this. We'll get out here stronger. But uh, but thanks for everybody that that's sacrificing on the front lines of of, you know the hospitals, the uh, urgent cares, healthcare facilities, all the way down to people that are delivering. You know for Amazon and UPS and the postal service and everybody in between. That's you know helping to keep the, these really weird times. Um, you know pushing along. Very well said, Dan. Uh, Camp, take us out of here with some um, Rick Ross, man. All all the money in the world. Same coin, same time next week, fellas. All righty, my guys. My team gonna win too, y'all. Just uh, sleep on that. We scoring points. Call me, call me Spurrier <laughs> Junior. All right, Amon. We'll see you next week, bro. <laughs> All right, Already. You know, get money, becoming a young millionaire. You can lose sight of the things that's important to you. I never trade my old girl for all the money in the world. I never trade my daughter toy for all the money in the world. Never trade my only boy for all the money in the world. I put my last name first. I could hear my daddy saying, little nigga, go get him. Past the 99, cancer all in his liver. Shit different since we last spoke. His son a little richer. I'd never rap again if I could tell him that I miss him. Why the fuck I own the world when I can't share it with him? Bust his ass his whole life, just want to break bread with him. Crying in my mansion as I'm holding on this picture. It's a cold and lonely world. I'm flying solo on you niggas. Being the only boy, definition of a man. All the money in the world still not a big enough advance. All the money in the world still not a big enough advance for me to turn my back on me being the man that turn I am. Turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. Take a ride with me. Take a ride with me. I wanna see you smile. I wanna see you smile. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. La 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 la. La 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 la. La 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 la
mama getting older, feeling pains in the shoulder. I gotta stay focused and remain whistles in the streets, begin to whisper. Praying for you niggas, still stocking up my pistols. Little nigga get murdered and buried in all white. Eighth grade student, y'all figure that's all right. Time to figure out where I'm going with my life as I'm stepping on the brake and hanging the sharp right. Did my thing in the streets, seen in the streets. See me at the park on the swing with my niece. Watch chipped up, still won't switch up. First time singing, so you gotta turn the bitch turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. Take a ride with me. Take a ride with me. I wanna see you smile. I wanna see you smile. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. La 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 la. 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 I know you understand. 